episode 175 of a shot of wrestling big episode welcome back mark schwan back once again <laughs> and i'm not going anywhere again this time you sure this time i'm sure you came back one week a couple weeks ago and then you were gone for two weeks i know i had my honeymoon priorities <laughs> it's a big deal man my first time going on vacation in what over 10 years that's sad it's long overdue well you go away every time you go to a movie set i'm working you go to imaginary lands. But I'm working. Vacation. <laughs> you love what you do. It's not working, right? Don't you love what you no, do? No, very true. No, you do 100% right. That's all I've been told. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I'm going away. I'm not getting paid for it. I don't have to stress about anything. I don't have to memorize the lines. I don't have to know my, my cues. I don't have to know the marks where to go. Like, I just uh, enjoy myself with my wife, enjoying the beautiful views and Eating a lot of food, drinking a lot, gained a lot of weight. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Could you really? Church a little tighter. Mm, yeah. My manager called me out in that too. Did he? That's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> I don't know if I should have said that. <laughs> I'll edit it out, wink. <laughs> you ready to start the show? Can we always start the show? Yeah. Your second favorite SummerSlam. SummerSlam Heart and Soul, August 3rd, 1997. From the Continental Airlines Arena in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I forgot it was in New Jersey, actually. Yeah, so did I. I totally forgot. Well, who cares about Jersey? Fair Seriously, right. no. Who, who cares about Jersey? Coming from the New Jersey Jets fan, right? New York Jets fan. Fair of a crowd of 20,213. Mankind defeated Hunter Hearst Helmsley by escaping a cage in 16 minutes, 13 seconds. Goldust defeated Brian Pillman in 7 minutes, 17 seconds. The Legion of Doom defeated the Godwins in 9 minutes, 15 seconds. The British Bulldog defeated Ken Shyrock via DQ to retain the European Championship in 7 minutes, 29 seconds. Los Boricuas. Defeated the Disciples of Apocalypse in 9 minutes, 8 seconds. Oh, I remember that rivalry. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeated Owen Hart to win the Intercontinental Championship in Did he win, minutes, though? 16 seconds. Did he win? Technically. <laughs> Bret Hart defeated The Undertaker to win the WF World Heavyweight Championship with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee in 28 minutes, 10 seconds. Mm. Dacked card full of Hall of Famers, right? Oh, absolutely. What, what, what a great pay-per-view. It was, man. On card. I remember how it was overall. No, no, I remember the matches being very good. I remember it was, um, I was just a kid, and I was a huge Shawn Michaels fan, and, you know, this is his big heel turn right here. Mm-hmm. And even as a kid, I was just playing natural to the heel. I was like, oh, he didn't mean to hit him with the chair. That was an accident. That was Bret Hart's fault. That jerk. But... As we all know, Shawn Michaels wound up becoming one of the biggest heels at that time, forming D-Generation X. That's right. So you were naturally an asshole. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah, it was in May the whole time. She said. <laughs> what a great pay-per-view, man. Told me a great match. I forgot about the, the Stone Cold Owen Hart match. It was on this pay-per-view. Right. The, the Stone Cold Owen Hart, yeah. 
No, I, I forgot it was on this card as well. I mean, it's it's what we all talk about today. Like we don't necessarily talk about like this was in a way the the stepping stones to Degeneration X. You know, this is a big launching point for the Attitude Era here. Yep. And uh, and then yeah, you also have what we do talk about today is with Owen Hart with the reverse tombstone to Stone Cold Steve Austin, which ultimately shortened his career. Yeah, right. I just still don't understand how he got through that. Wait, how he finished the match? Yeah, that's crazy. No, no, dude, it was nuts. Do, do, you, do you remember, too, watching this? Like, you knew something was wrong. Like, Owen yeah. Hart's cheering a little bit too much. Stalling for time. Yeah. Stalling for time. It's like, okay, yeah, cool. You hit a good move. Why are you not going for the pin? Right. <laughs> and then Stone Cold with a very lazy schoolboy. Yeah. That Owen like, could easily kick that yeah, out. Yeah, it could easily kick that out. And it's like, okay, well, something's up here. And yeah, well, something was definitely up. It was Stone Cold's neck. So you say Shawn Michaels is your favorite of all time. Yeah. The last two shows you've been on, you picked a Stone Cold match. Stone Cold Bret Hart, Stone Cold Owen Hart. I, did I pick the last one? Well, I think Carson, Carson picked Carson it. Carson Niehoff. Carson Niehoff, my boy. Yeah, no, I guess so. I mean, Stone Cold. Listen, Stone Cold in the late 90s, I mean, he, he took the ball and ran with it. Yeah. You know, after the King of the Ring, I mean, that was, that was definitely his time, even with a broken freaking neck. Kurt Angle? <laughs> I know, I realized as I said that. No, but big moment for Shawn Michaels, too, as I said. I mean, this is like, you know, the beginning stages here of DX. And you're talking about before the show starts, this great match between Triple H and uh, Mankind. Mm-hmm. Old school. Uh, steel. is even before all our great rivalry matches. I know. It's started. insane to watch. It's like it's Hunter Hearst Helmsley versus Mankind. Yeah. And in a steel cage. And we would see them evolve as, you know, Triple H versus Mick Foley, Triple H versus Cactus Jack. You know, the... the Hell in a Cell matches they had, the, the different, all these different matches they had. They get like more hardcore as their characters evolved and the chemistry just grew and grew. It's awesome rivalry they had. It's one of the big uh, launching points of it. Oh yeah, for sure. And you see, like in the match, like looking back on it, like no, you don't really see Hunter Hearst Helmsley here. You see, mm-hmm. yep, sure. you know Triple H. You know, at one point, you know, Hunter Hearst Helmsley he did the bow in the middle of the match, but. I was waiting for him to do the suck yeah. sign afterwards. <laughs> Great pay-per-view. Check it oh, out. Summer 100%. Slam, 1997. Mark was talking about in the beginning of the show. Welcome back. You want to talk about your honeymoon? Where'd you go? Some highlights? Lowlights? <laughs> there are definitely some ups and downs there for the honeymoon. So I went on a cruise. Uh, we left from Venice. We went to uh, Santorini, uh, Catacolin, Greece, um, Montenegro. And we were supposed to go to Croatia. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, it doesn't really ring cruise landing spots, Croatia. Okay. No, Croatia is supposed to be beautiful. Okay. I won't be able to know because of the fact that though we weren't able to dock there because apparently um, there were like severe thunderstorms and possible tornadoes. So the captain got there and said, hey, listen, guys, we're not going to dock here for uh, for the ship's safety. And, of course, your safety as well. Of course, yeah. <laughs> So we spent another day at sea, meaning I got drunk the whole day. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I spent four days at sea, which is a little bit much, and uh, the rest of these beautiful locations, which was awesome. And um, I was almost taken in Montenegro. We, oh, shit. We thought that was happening, at least. So uh, it's pouring raining in this place. Okay. Right? And this is the, uh, the day after we're supposed to be in Croatia. Okay. So we get off the boat. You know, right away, it's, it's raining, and these, these people behind the gates, so the, this one goes, do you speak English? you speak English? I'm like, yeah, what's up? Uh, he's like, you know, I, I, I take you across uh, across the island, blah, 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 eight euros. 
I thought I heard eight euros. I'm like, he was like, give you umbrella too. I'm like, okay, great. We're both like, great. Let's do this uh, for two hours, apparently, right? He's like, yeah, follow, follow, follow. So we're following along the fence. This other guy with a map goes, you speak English. You speak English. We're like, all right, you know, I'm doing my New York thing now. I'm ignoring you. I, I have what I want. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm following along. This guy's like, yeah, follow, follow, follow. This other guy's like, let me give you advice. Let me give you advice. And now Michelle and I were looking at each other like, should should we listen to this advice right now? Like, what's going on? We're in a third world country. Like, what's up? We're getting at a stranger's car. I, I, we don't know what's up. So we're in the car like, uh, okay, this is great. The guy's like driving us through a shady part of town. Shows us where, oh, oh, this is where I live, right over here. Pass by where he lives. We're probably thinking, okay, this is where we're going to get raped and die. Not having good vibes about this. But ultimately, I mean, I am here. He did take us. Yeah, he did follow through on his word and uh, it raping co- you? No, <laughs> it cost me eighty euros instead oh. of eight euros, but it was I, fine. I was thinking because I have a particular set of skills. Yeah, none of them would help you in this situation. <laughs> so you're on your own. No joke. I was like, I was like writing down on my phone to, to Michelle. I was like, are we being taken? At one point, like you know, he stops, takes pictures of us over these beautiful views. I'm like, okay, fifty fifty chance now we're being taken. Nice. <laughs> And it slowly went down from there. But no, overall, honestly, uh, great views, great locations, great food. Happy to be home. Happy to be home. Happy to get my life back on track and regroup, refocused, ready to go. Welcome back. Thank you. Where's my souvenir? Didn't bring didn't anyone's souvenirs. I, I didn't do that. What, what, what would you want? Honestly, uh, someone that wants a souvenir, what would, they, what would you want? Uh, maybe a shot glass. This is a shot of wrestling. True. Because Respect. Because I've done shots of everywhere you've been. Respect. Yeah, at least some of us does. <laughs> I mean, would you want a shot glass from Monta? Actually, no. A, a, mm, I should have got a shot glass from uh, Murano in Venice. Okay. Should Apparently, so they're known for their glass. And dude, it's fucking spectacular over there. But I was like nervous, like get anything because of the fact, that, like, all right, this like handmade. They do this whole spectacle to this, and I got to bring it through custom. Yeah. That's gonna be a bitch, yeah. yeah and, yeah, I'm sure the fucking TSA guys, they do a great job handling the baggage, right? Showing the party outside of SummerSlam in front of, in the parking lot of the Continental Airlines Arena, mm. right next door to Giant Stadium. Shawn Michaels hit his pose as the car was moving, and he was on the roof of the car. That's impressive. That's very impressive. He's just a man. Speaking of glass, I broke my glass table at my house, shattered to a million pieces. Oh, my God. That just talks about my shitty week. I'm happy it's over. Happy to relax. Happy to be here in studio with you. Happy to be in your palatial state, I should say. Not in studio. No. Palatial state of Mark Schwann, Hollywood. See how the other half lives. <laughs> Yet again. Yet again. My gates are always open to you, my man. Except that one time. What time? You weren't here, never mind. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Anyway, what moving on. Mean, what do you mean? <laughs> Marlena's coming out with gold dust. Like, Marlena was smoking hot, right? Terry Reynolds was my favorite of all the divas from back then. Really? Yeah, she was my biggest crush. I remember uh, those photo spreads that do in like the Raw magazine. Mm-hmm. I remember that. She get all of them and her and, oof, these very underrated. She doesn't get a lot of love. When is she in the Hall of Fame or no? No. Boo. I mean, she should be right. Coco Beware's crazy, right? Yeah. And her and her and Goldust are not. They're not. No. They, I mean, that was long divorce. <laughs> yeah, long time ago as well. I'm assuming she'll go in once they run out of names. Probably on the bottom of the list. She's got like Candice Michelle's. If she's going in, why would Candice Michelle go over Terry Reynolds? Multi-time women's champion. <sighs> I barely even remember it. Not many people do, except me. I'm smarter than you. Oh, calm yourself. 
It's been a while. It's been a couple weeks. Got to bust your chops. <laughs> you always do. You're your biggest fan. You bust my chops last week too by playing that clip. Oh yeah. I'll be being a, a drunken fool. It's a great clip. It wasn't supposed to be insult. Like it, was, it was very nice what you were saying, too. Then you yeah. played that clip. It was like, oh, my God, really? You said it yourself. I, can't, I couldn't say it any better than you did. <laughs> I wanted to be an actor. You are an actor. You want to be pro wrestling? You are pro wrestling. I am pro wrestling. I don't know what that means, but it's a great point. <laughs> Kids, leave your dreams. Don't be a bully. Be a star in Mark Schwann's pro wrestling. <laughs> oh, God. Please don't say that. I'm going to get my ass kicked. <laughs> By Carson Niehoff again? Uh, no, oh. no. Okay. No. B- bring him back. We'll do another challenge. And you lose again? You already lost at Jeopardy. Yeah, that was that was my own doing, though. I wasn't listening to the full question. I was trying to beat him to the punch. You also missed not only two to the show, but you missed BWF, Escape from New York. Oh, I heard what happened, my man. Fantastic show. A lot of action. So many people. So much action in the ring. It was hard to call as a commentator. I was ringside. Couldn't keep up with who's who. I'm sure you did a great job. I tried my best. I'm sure the, my replacement did an okay job. Two people had to replace you. Two people. Yeah. yeah. It takes two people to try to replace a star. I noticed I still said try. Uh, it's not easy to carry two people, so my back's hurting. Don't worry, man. Next time, I am back. Like I said, I am back for good. I ain't going anywhere. But of course, the big story coming out of BWF is uh, Team WXW, the guys I picked to win the whole tournament, won. That's the big story? Um. Mm, That's the big story? That was the title of the promotion, but I guess the other big story that you're alluding to, BX Strong went 6-0. and what, out, you know, Stop your they nonsense. Ha- they were literally handing out losses to everybody in the crowd, except myself, because I'm a winner, because I'm hashtag too good. You're going to make me throw up right now. Okay. Don't do it on your microphone. Oh, I think uh, we have a new BWF champion. Is that what you're talking about? That what you're yes. To? That's the biggest story. The BWF World Heavyweight Championship changed hands that night. What an abomination that was. What do you mean what, abomination? What, what, what is such a disrespect to that promotion that was? What, how? What are you talking about? For those of you who weren't there, TJ Marconi is the current BWF, was the current BWF. It, I was going to say. Facing two other men in a triple threat match. He wins. Yeah. It's, it's a heart for contact. Kudos to him. Instead of Eric Jaden coming down like a man to cash in his money in the bank contract, Chris Barton comes down, hits him with one of his moves. Dominic De Niro comes down, hits him with one of his moves. The you're, cyborg you're, you're, assassin comes down, hits him with the headshot. You're missing some stuff here. And then also, Knight Kennedy gets involved with a low blow, and then all of a sudden, Eric comes out. Like, why couldn't Eric just come out by himself? Why didn't he need to be weakened, or already weakened, DJ Marconi? Listen, listen, there, there's no, there's, there were no rules saying how we had to go about this. You know, the contract stated anytime, anywhere. So how, how do you feel proud about that? Listen, man, we won. By any means necessary. Deplorable. You know, listen. What's the saying goes? Uh, you, you ain't you ain't cheating if you you're not trying if you ain't cheating. Is that the saying? I've never heard that saying before in my life. Listen, we didn't cheat per se. You know, we just played within the confine of the rules, right there. We didn't break anything, just except for TJ Marconi's spirit. Maybe that's the only thing that's broken. But at the end of the day, Eric Jaden is a new BWF World Heavyweight Champion. Took that's five, a fact. It took six men and a woman to beat TJ Marconi. And let's hold the phone right here. With every move that was hit, T.J. Marconi was not defenseless. T.J. Marconi, he struck back. He struck back against Chris Barton. He struck back against Dominic De Niro. I believe he struck back against Rick Recon. He tried, but he was already weakened after defeating two men in a triple threat match. East Coast you're, you're talking about like T.J. Marconi was completely helpless. He, he gave it his all. He went down like a fighting champion. Much respect to him. Jesus. Much respect. Such a mark. I mean, it's such a mark. You have some Eric Jaden juice on your chin. Where is it? Can you get it for me? Okay, good. (laughs) Listen, 
I, I, am I lying? You were there. Yeah, it was deplorable. Am I, oh, am oh, I oh. lying that TJ Marconi didn't go down without a fight? He did. Until Nia Kennedy came out with a low blow for unnecessary reasons. Unnecessary reasons. Listen, she's supporting the group that she supports. She's trying to fight back. She's doing Jesus. everything she can. Jesus. TJ Marconi, he is a monster. When you piss him off, listen, there's no telling what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys should be scared. You guys should be scared. September 7th. Listen, we're not scared. We we know how to tame the monster, as you can see. Four, five other guys. It's not my problem that TJ Marconi doesn't have any friends. Maybe if he learned how to play nice, maybe he wouldn't have that problem. But guess what? At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. He doesn't have the BWF World Heavyweight Championship. Eric Jaden does. He is a new champion. That's something you just guys have to deal with. And come September 7th, TJ Marconi wants to talk about how he's going to kill Eric Jaden. Yeah, I'll be scared. I'll be nervous. Oh, it cracks me up, man. It cracks me up. Listen, we know TJ Marconi's game. We know how dangerous he can be. I'm not taking that away from him, but we know how to deal with this. Also, know if you were there, you would have left commentary. So good doing a show with two professionals who didn't leave commentary and stuck to their posts and did their job. It's a big moment, man. I'm, I'm pissed off that I wasn't there celebrating with my team, with my squad. That's a hallmark moment right there. Find out what happens on uh, September 7th in the Bronx, New York for BWF. So, Mark, I see your drink's empty. You ready to get another drink? Hell yeah, dude. While we do that, why don't you guys listen to our interview this week? Uh, we're on the road to Shakara's big September 7th show, Shakarasaurus Rex, live from Philadelphia. Your boys at a shot of wrestling are the social media ambassadors. Looking forward to that. Should be a fun, fun show. So, all leading up to it, we're going to be interviewing big Shakara names. And this week, Green Matt sits down with the senior official. And newly signed AEW official, Bryce Rumsberg. Nice. So uh, take it away. If you're ready and willing, I'm Abel. And welcome to another exciting edition of A Shot of Wrestling, The Interviews. If you've not done so already, follow us on all forms of social media at A Shot of Wrestling on Facebook and Instagram and Shot of Wrestling No A on Twitter. You can also contact us via email at inbox at a shot of wrestling.com or dial it up 619-343-3005 and leave your comments on a shot of wrestling hotline. Now we say it time and time again that wrestling brings us together and today is no different. Today we are joined by Shakara senior official and newly signed AEW referee Bryce. Ramsberg. Ramsberg. Wow, that is it. That is quite the intro. I'm I'm happy to be able to be here <laughs> this, this fine day to talk about all the great stuff happening in the professional wrestling world right now, specifically uh, Chikarasaurus Rex, which is going to be here before you know it. Saturday afternoon, September 7, in Philadelphia at the Wrestle Factory. Thank you so much for having me. Um, sometimes I like uh, two shots uh, in my wrestling, but I'll, we'll start with one. Just we'll, we'll start with one. Maybe by the end of the, the day here with us, we'll probably have a few more than just one. You know, wrestling is at its peak right now, and a lot of great things are happening to great people, you being one of them, because you recently just signed a multi-year contract with AEW. That's amazing. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. It's an exciting adventure that is only beginning. I don't know where the next couple of years take me, but I'm excited to be on the ride to experience it uh, with all of you. It's AEW. It's, there's a, it's a very exciting time in wrestling. I think AEW is doing a lot of exciting things. They have the capability and the bandwidth and the opportunity to do things uh, that a lot of others are not able to do. And 
I believe in their vision. I have great relationships so far with everybody in power. And uh, like I said, I'm just, I'm excited to be on the ride. Let's ride the roller coaster together. Now, before you shared your contract on social media, who was the first person you shared the news with? Uh, my wife. She was actually home from work that day. We went over. I told my wife first. I told my sister second. Uh, my sister and I have been watching wrestling since I was eight and she was six. We used to go to uh, WWF house shows at the Hershey Park Arena in 1991, 92, 93 together. She was, you know, so pretty much our entire lives. Uh, we've been intertwined and involved with the wrestling world. So she was the second person I told, but my wife was first for sure. Now, I, oh, I have a, a younger sister, and I was the big wrestling fan. She really wasn't, so sorry for her for putting on, on like, razor's edges <laughs> and sharpshooters. What was your favorite move to put on your sister? Uh, figure four leg lock. Yep, you, you named it. That was, that was one that, uh, like, it, it, it was something that seemed a little bit complicated. I could figure it out, and uh, she, uh, it actually hurt, so it seemed like we were doing something real. I, I later used to fancy the DDT to varying degrees of Ooh. safety. <laughs> did, she, did she learn the reversal to how to re uh, eventually eventually in, 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 in due time yes once we got a trampoline in the backyard it became it was next level okay now AEW is changing the game I gotta be honest it's changing the game it's given a boost to the wrestling scene today what do you think is a large part due to that success i think that the uh, the opportunity is right for a new uh, game in town uh, I think, you know, WWE, not, not that it's an, an opposition direct head to head thing, but WWE has been operating virtually unopposed. They've had a monopoly on the grand scheme of the national, international marketplace for 18 years now. And um, they do a lot of great things. They have a, a tons of very, very talented employees, but um, the high tide kind of rises all the ships. I think this is, you know, a lot of people are worried about the independents. I think the independents are going to be just fine. There's there's a, a, many opportunities. All the, all the roles that were filled in AEW, there's going to be a whole new crop of guys and girls filling those roles that they have uh, vacated on the indies. There's so, 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 so much talent out there. Much of it we've never even heard of yet. Right. Uh, you know, I've out on the road doing seminars, visiting schools. There's so many people incubating that you haven't heard of yet that you're going to hear of in 6, 12, 18, 24 months. Many, many, many of the newer crop of Chikara students are very talented. You're going to be hearing a lot from them over the next couple of years. And uh, it's just it's an exciting time for wrestling across the board. Um, when WB's ratings and everything were at its highest and interest of, of pro wrestling as a whole, the, the last boom area was the Attitude Area, was when WWE had competition, when ECW existed. And it hasn't really been since then, since the late 90s, early 2000s, that it's really captivated the nation like that. And I think there's an opportunity to do that with AEW. Um, AEW is going to make WWE try harder. WWE is going to make AEW try harder. WWE and AEW are going to make the indies try harder. Mm. Everybody's going to win uh, with what's about to happen, I believe. And it's just exciting time for wrestlers, wrestling talent, wrestling uh, staff members, and most of all the fans. Now, the host to our show has been very vocal about saying, you know, I'm not going to make my decision up on what AEW is right now. I'm going to wait till it comes to TV. So there are a lot of critics who are waiting for that big television debut. You will be there. Um, what are your thoughts of how it's going to maintain interest on a week to week basis? Uh, I, I can't say. I, I have to say that I believe in the, the folks that are in charge. I believe in their vision. Uh, I'm sure they've already discussed this and have this all mapped out. And uh 
I, again, I'm excited to see what they what they come up with. I, I, I implore everyone to give it a chance, though. Um, nothing like this has been on this level. And like I said, 18 years, watch a couple episodes, give it a couple weeks, see if it's for you, tell a friend, just, just give it a try and see what you think. Um, give, give AEW an opportunity to win your business, to win your interest, to win your viewership. Uh, maybe it makes you want to go to an event. Maybe it makes you want to buy a T-shirt. Maybe it makes you want to tell a friend. That's how these things work, little by little by little by little. That's how Shakar has always worked. The biggest obstacle for us has always been ignorance. Um, people telling their friends, people bringing their friends along to events, like it's it's really just the best. Uh, so um, I'm excited to see what happens. I think by Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year time, we'll have a much better idea, and it'll, it'll be easier for us all to answer questions like this. The uh, the fear of the unknown is sometimes exciting. Oh, it's very exciting. And if you're not into AEW yet, I definitely implore you to go check it out because it's been like top notch. It's been an amazing experience. And the crowd actually is part of that experience. Everybody comes back saying, wow, the crowd is like unreal. Like you've never experienced something like that before. I've never gone to an event where the crowd has been so hyped. Yeah, no, it's it's, a, it's an unreal feeling being there live. Uh, and I very much hope that uh, um this continues and and if people are sharing this with their friends and they they're excited about it, as excited about it as i am and so many clearly many fans are the you know washington dc the first tv event sold out in uh in three or four hours uh boston philadelphia on the on the docket two great wrestling cities two great wrestling cities that have been great to me been great to shikar over the years um very excited for what comes next now, you mentioned earlier you're a family man. How is it going to change the balance between you as the family man, you being on the road for AEW, and your day-to-day routine? Well, uh, it's kind of crazy because all the time I've been involved with wrestling, I've also had a day job. And this will be the oh, first wow. time I've, my full energy and career will be dedicated to professional wrestling, specifically AEW. Uh, so for a lot of these, you know, you know, there, there's only two Saturday events on the schedule that I know of for the rest of the year. So... It's much easier. I, I don't know if you have a kid, but it's much easier to be away during the week than the weekend. The weekends are when mm-hmm. your wife's home, when my son's home, when we can all hang out. During the week, you know, I see my son for a half hour in the morning, an hour and a half at night when he yep. gets home from daycare before I go to bed. It's much easier to be away on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays than it's Saturdays. So my wife's excited for at least in the short term, I'm going to be home more on the weekend. Uh, so especially once I finish up my independent commitments here going through the end of the year. So She's excited. I'm excited. I think there's a lot of cool stuff to come, but I'm most excited to not have to balance my wrestling hobby with a day job for the first time ever. Wrestling's not my hobby. Wrestling's my job. I I can dedicate all my energy, my professional energy towards it for the first time in 18 years of being involved with pro wrestling. What is your, what is your day job? Uh, It was previously and is for a couple more weeks. uh, I worked at a advertising agency in uh, marketing for pharmaceuticals. Um, I've been doing that for several years. I used to print t-shirts. I kid, I used to have paper routes. I used to write movie theaters, whatever it was to, you know, pay the bills and fund the wrestling hobby. Now, uh, the wrestling job's going to fund my other hobbies, which are pretty much minor league baseball and going to weird Al concerts. So, <laughs> so, ho- ho- hopefully, hopefully the budget can sustain. Absolutely. The events in your life, is there anything that outside of wrestling you feel has prepared you for this moment coming up? I think it's just a bunch of little mini steps. You know, the first time training, first time taking a bump in the ring, the first time performing as a ring announcer, the first time refereeing a match, the first time traveling to a new state, traveling to a new country, uh, performing in front of a big crowd, like just all these little steps kind of prepared me for this. It wasn't, you know, an overnight sensation by any means, but all these experiences wrapped into one have kind of prepared me for what I think is about to come. Uh, so yeah, a, a bunch of little mini steps. I learned so, 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 so much from Mike Quackenbush and at, at Jakara, uh, helping with the, a lot of the day-to-day operations and behind the scenes stuff kind of, uh, prep me for my other role at AEW, which is still evolving. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just just little by little, I think all these little bits packaged me up and and uh, made me ready for this this big dance. What does a day like for a referee look like? Well, it's I'm not really sure yet, but uh, at previous AEW events, it's been you know flying into town. Uh, call time is you know anywhere between five, six, seven, eight hours before the event starts, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of uh, some sitting around and waiting, some assisting where things need assisted, and then it's you know going to work and, and, and making sure you're where you need to be when you need to be there for your matches and for the big event. Now, you've also done commentary in your past. Here on A Shot of Wrestling, we're just starting to get involved in that and doing it for some independent promotions in our area. What is um, your advice for someone who's just starting out in commentary? Oh, uh, study, study people that you respect, that you think are great at it. Obviously, JR is a go-to answer. Uh, Mike Tanay is a great uh, play-by-play announcer. Joey Styles doing it by himself. I would, and I would just say, practice, practice, practice. Take a match that you love, uh, mm-hmm. one that you've, you know, maybe watched a million times. Maybe when no one's listening, just do it by yourself. Record it. You know, mm. you tell, you hear people saying to cut promos in the mirror, cut promos when you're driving in the car. I think that goes a long way for commentary. Record yourself, listen to it back. Maybe find someone that you trust and have them listen to it for you, and uh, you'll get feedback and you'll just get better. Practice makes perfect. I mean, there's no such thing as perfect, maybe, but practice definitely makes improvement. I would say so. Just get as many reps in as you can, and uh, and it'll it'll come. It'll get there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey, how did your course get started with the referee um, side versus the commentary side? When did you make that decision to go all in for referee? Well, I uh, was, I have two left feet. I was miserably uncoordinated. I played, you know, the league mandated minimum two innings in uh, little league baseball, not a very <laughs> athletic guy. Uh, I also was a little worried about messing my body. I, when I broke into wrestling, I started training at Chikara and I decided to sign up in March of 2002. There was a lot of fallout from like kind of what ECW had done to the business, mm-hmm. a lot of concussions, a lot of, you know, guys that had, uh, you know, drug addictions and stuff. And that, especially as an impressionable 18, 19 year old kid, that really scared me. So not to say I couldn't have become a wrestler because of those reasons, but that sort of stuff really stuck with me and it worried me. And I decided that maybe it would be a little bit better for me to stick to refereeing. A little less physical. I still get to attend all the events. I get a better than front row seat for every, you know, all these matches. Uh, I might make a little bit of money eventually. It took a while, <laughs> but I did. And uh, yeah, that, that was a much safer, easier decision for me uh, when I decided to do that. When I signed up for Chikara, the Wrestle Factory had existed, but no events had taken place yet. So I think they really didn't know what to do with me. So I just started doing rest. I sort of started doing wrestling training until I was ready to be a referee on, in front of a crowd. I was ring announcing on the first few Chikara events. Uh, just you know, the more hats you wear, the harder it is to get rid of you. Very so true. I just tried to start wearing all the hats, starting you know help out with some travel decisions and getting people where they need to go, and then. When Chikara adopted live commentary in 2005, uh, there were only a few people in-house that really kind of knew the product inside and out. And I was one of them. I was lucky enough to get paired with Dave Prezak early on, who's another great, great, great uh, play-by-play commentator based out of Chicago. He's also the promoter for Shimmer, Shimmer Women Athletes. I met him at mm-hmm. IW Mid-South. I got to do commentary with him. I learned a lot from him. He came along for the first couple Chikara events, and we were we were off to the races. We were off and running. So, uh, yeah, especially back in those days, I would wear a lot of hats on one day alone at a Chikara event uh, and yeah practice made perfect I'm sure the first ones weren't so great but I learned what worked I learned who I had yeah. chemistry with I learned certain things I could say to certain people and alley-oop them for a response and uh yeah all the all the chips kind of fell where they may so to speak speaking of chemistry is there any people that you l- love the chemistry you've already established with them 
in the ring, uh, def, uh, Eddie Kingston's a guy that I definitely have been able to play off of for years, both in commentary and in the ring. I'm a big fan of my favorite wrestler in the world right now is Orange Cassidy. I'm not kidding. Um, a big fan of back in the day of Smooth Sail and Ashley Remington and Archibald Peck in uh, Chikara rings. Anytime I got to share a ring with them, I, it was it was a good day at the office. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to a lot of what is what is announced and what's not announced on uh, September 7th for Jakarosaurus Rex. I think we'll have a, uh, I don't, can't remember the last time we've had 15 matches on one card. So it's going to be pretty rad. Yeah, it's wild. Um, and speaking of which, it is coming up here at A Shot of Wrestling. We are your social media ambassadors. We're bringing you week to week interviews with a lot of Shakara's finest. You are definitely one of those individuals. We have to ask you because it is A Shot of Wrestling. Can you share with us a story where alcohol may have made you make a poor decision? Uh, there was a, a, a uh, karaoke bar called Downey's. It's since closed, but it was at the end of South Street. I used to live on South Street in Philadelphia. It was three blocks down from my house. So after Chikara events, we'd all race down and get to Downey's for, you know, whatever minutes were left until last call. And many nights last call was a uh, tangible decision. Sometimes it went to 2.15, sometimes it was 2.30. This is before I was married, before I had a kid, and staying up late was a much more excitable concept to mm-hmm. me. And uh, I think that I probably made some questionable karaoke decisions that night. <laughs> One that comes to mind is uh, how much more difficult Don't Stop Me Now by Queen is to karaoke. Oh much, much, gosh. much harder. Much harder than I thought. Is uh, that so your go-to let- song? Uh, no, my go-to was was always Shoot by Salt and Pepper or Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. Those ones I knew front and back. But when I go out of my comfort zone and try something a little new, uh, that's where things got a little scary. So, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, I'm, 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 I, let's just say I'm glad that footage doesn't exist of some of those nights. <laughs> In wrestling, where, where has been the furthest you've ever traveled for it? Uh, probably England or Scotland. I've been lucky enough to be to the UK, I believe, six or seven different trips, three with Chikara. Uh, my first one was in 2005. My most recent one was in 2017. Uh, Chikara did three tours over there. I was lucky to go to Wales and Scotland uh, for Chikara events, which are available in our back catalog on chikaratopia.com. Super, super awesome. Great to uh, um, bring the thing that you love to a whole other continent. Mm. Uh, as far as domestically, I've been to Los Angeles a few times for wrestling. I've never been to the Pacific Northwest. I'd love to get up to like uh, Seattle, Portland, even the San Francisco Bay Area. Hopefully my AEW gets me out there uh, at one point, but I'm I'm definitely trying to sort of referee in all 50 states. I believe I have 32 or 33 down. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for the opportunity to, to, to rack up some more here in the near future, hopefully. You've definitely had a lot of travel in your career. Um, and it must be hard to find good places to eat. So where have you found the best place? Uh, basically, whatever the cool thing is when you go to a place, like, you know, if you go to Texas, you have brisket. If you go to Southern California, you go eat in and out Burger. If you go to Chicago, you eat a deep dish pizza. I'm a firm believer of that. If you go to Montreal, you eat poutine. Uh, if you go to Scotland, you you eat scotch scotch eggs in a travel plaza, and they're disgusting. But at least you can say you tried it. Uh, so yeah, I'm big on those types of experiences. The, you know, I lived in Philadelphia for 15 years, but if someone comes to Philly, they want a cheesesteak, we go get a cheesesteak. You do the thing that that made you famous. You you, you dance with who brought you to the dance, and you know whoever that the most the, the most famous thing is the most famous thing in a place for a reason. So I'm all about that. I always try. When, you know, an event's over or there's an off day to try to drink the local craft beer or whatever mm-hmm. the thing is that is the, the thing that everybody's doing there that is the not the, the Miller Lite or the Subway Hoagie. Well, we'll have a lot of fans heading into the Philadelphia area on September the 7th. Uh, Great. Which one would you recommend, Geno's or Pat's? 
Uh, I would I would recommend Pat's for sure. Geno's has made some questionable ethical decisions in the past, and their uh, uh, my wife's apartment used to be a block from there, and their awful blinding neon lights used to keep us awake at night. We have to draw the oh, blinds. Oh really? <laughs> so yeah, the person all the way 100% Pat's. If you're on South Street, go to Jim's. It's maybe six blocks from Pat's and Geno's, and it's worth the walk. I promise you, for sure. Yeah, I'm a Pat's guy myself. I really yeah, like me that. Too. Uh, for me some too. reason, the meat tastes a little better there. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. If your career were to end tomorrow, I know it's just getting started, but if it were to end tomorrow, what would you like to be remembered for? Someone that left good impressions with people. When I would, you know, go somewhere and come back, like, man, hopefully I can, hopefully I leave independent wrestling and pro wrestling as a whole better than I found it. Uh, if I can help people out, if I can, you know, make a couple of people smile or make a couple couple people feel welcome, that's a big thing about Chikara. We try to be very, very inclusive. People that, you know, have some social anxiety, maybe don't like, appreciate big crowds, always try to bend over backwards and extend the hand and make sure they feel welcome and that uh, this is worthy of their time and, uh, um, they feel comfortable in our environment and mm-hmm. they want to bring their friends and come back. So that, that's, I'm really proud of that. Well, Shakara has been like ahead of his time. I always think before intergender wrestling, you know, Shakara had intergender wrestling before oh, yeah. people we, were we, using we were doing intergender wrestling in 2002. We were naming shows, wacky show titles mm-hmm. in 2003 and four. Definitely. If someone has who's coming on September 7th hasn't experienced Shakara before in the past or hasn't seen the viral videos that you guys have had and a lot of the influence you've had on the wrestling scene, how would you describe the Shakara product? What we like to call it the a fun-filled Lucha Super Party. It's more of an event, not just a show. It's a party. It's a happy time. People with their friends, you know, you, there's a lot of Chikara fans that only see each other at events. You know, you see them catching up before the events happen. And uh, just, just kind of a welcoming, inclusive environment. Come with an open mind. Take what you your preconceived notions about pro wrestling, which might be, you know, like the ultimate warrior screaming at you. Like, check that at the door. <laughs> Come with an open mind, bring your friends, and uh, and uh, hopefully, hopefully, prepare to be entertained and prepare to be amazed. Well, Brace, thank you so much for your time. September 7th, Shikarasaurus Rex. I think you're going to make it to last call today, so just stick Ooh, around. Oh, boy. Look out. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, it's, it's the end of Summer Spectacular. 15 matches on the card. Pretty much everybody on the entire Shikara roster, plus a few special guests. Uh, we have Mick Moretti over from Australia, fresh off his, right before actually, his Battle of Los Angeles appearance. He's the number one contender. It's your first chance to see Dasher Hatfield unmasked in public since he lost his mask to a uh, boomer back in Chicago. Uh, so much, so much it's not even announced yet. I, I can't recommend it any higher. You're going to get the uh, the A game, the, the full-on, beautiful, wonderful, amazing Chikara experience on Saturday afternoon, September 7th, in the friendly confines of the Wrestle Factory. And we hope to see you all there. And if we want to see more of Bryce, um, where could we do that? Give us your social media plugs. Uh, I'm at the Bryce is right on Twitter. I'm at the Bryce is often right on uh, face on excuse me on Instagram. I have a, a Facebook fan page because I met the uh, the five thousand limit. Um, I got a few indie appearances left. I got a few seminars on the docket. Uh, one in Philadelphia on August 16. One in Enfield, Connecticut on August 24th. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm King of Trios is coming up before you know it after. Uh, Chikara Source Rex in Reading, Pennsylvania on October 4, 5, and 6. So many exciting things. The AEW TV debut on Wednesday, October 2nd on TNT, 8 p.m. every Wednesday night. So much excitement coming, and I am uh, hope to have you and everyone else along for this fun ride with me and Chikara and AEW. Again, congratulations on your recent success. Great things do happen to, to good guys, and you're one of them. So thank you so much for joining us here on A Shot of Wrestling. And like I said, stay tuned. We got last call.
Hello, everyone. This is Chikara Senior Official Bryce Remsburg, and thanks for listening to A Shot of Wrestling. But don't close that podcaster device just yet. Stick around for Last Call. It's time for In the News with Michael J. Putty and Mark Schwab. So, Mark, while you're away, you missed the untimely passing of the legend, the king, handsome Harley Race. I know. I came back for that, man. It was sad to see. News going around this week was Trevor Murdoch. Remember Trevor Murdoch? Yeah. He went on Facebook this week to see how Vince McMahon covered all the medical expenses during his final days. Oh, really? They were having trouble covering it. So one call at WWE, Vince covered everything. Wow. Vince didn't even bat an eye, he said. That's amazing. So you don't hear those stories of positivity coming out of WWE or really wrestling Really, in this world, we need some stories like this. No, no, not at all. So it's good to hear some happy, positive news. Well, Harley, that situation, but Harley Race. I mean, everyone in the wrestling industry respects that man. Yep. You know, especially those that worked with him, those that met him. I, they were just, they would have all these positive things to say about him, and they would also respect the fact that he was a tough son of a bitch. He didn't have a big career in the WWE, really. He didn't wasn't around for too long. No, he wasn't in WWE too long. So but it just shows you the respect. He had such a long yeah. lineage in wrestling in general. I mean, for all these accolades that he accomplished. When he got to WWE or WWF at that time, it was so taboo to acknowledge his prior accomplishments yeah. from other promotions that they gave him the King of a Ring title. Because of the fact that he needed to acknowledge his greatness somehow, some way. <laughs> yep. So they call him King Harley Race. Well, uh, good job, Mr. McMahon. The WWE. No, it's the class he moved to do. Class he moved. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In other news, you hear about uh, Team Russell Pro lost at BWC from New York. They also lost a lot more than that. The owner, Pat Buck, has been hired by the WWE. Yes. As a producer. That was a big move right there. He was recently given an opportunity to be a guest coach in the Performance Center. Mm-hmm. He was given a one-time chance to be a producer. Apparently, he got the job. Everyone loved him. As a Russell Pro, it will continue to run by Kevin Matthews. So, good luck to everybody. Russell Pro, congratulations to Pat, Pat Buck. Big congrats to him. And uh, it's good to see that he's still continuing on with Russell Pro. I mean, I feel like so, lately I've been hearing a few wrestling promotions closing up shop. Or wrestling really? school is clo- even Lance Storm is closing up his wrestling is school. He? Yeah. Oh shit. He announced it on Twitter today. That sucks. So a lot of big names came out of that school. I know. It's surprising to see, including one of the names, uh, Dominic, Dominic Mysterio. So. Right. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Thank God they're still continuing on. We'll see what happens. Good luck to him. Good luck. Yes. Best of luck. You know the news. In fact, I was going to Fox in a matter of months now. Right. Less than two. Yeah. Months now, no, October. So we, as we've been reporting, there's going to be big production changes. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to present it in a different style, new camera angles, new graphics. I, I wonder what about these camera angles, because I'm so used to the camera angles that we have now. I'm curious oh. to know what these are going to be. And what's new? What camera angles are new nowadays? Yeah, right? We could use a drone. <laughs> well, that would be interesting. A lot of new stuff's coming. One old stuff that might be coming back is the fist, the SmackDown fist. Good. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't hear about that, but that's awesome. I didn't hear about this. I, it broke on Twitter. I'm like, what does everyone talk about the fist for? They might bring back the SmackDown fist. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm down with that. So retro. Very retro. Vintage SmackDown. <laughs> they want to bring it more like an Attitude Era feel to it, so they might think the fist, even though it wasn't during... Was it around during the Attitude Era, the fist? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. You know the news? 
You didn't hear about that. Fist, did you hear about the salaries they were released? No. The Dirty Sheets exclusively released some of the details about the new Superstar contract that were recently signed. Okay. Brock Lesnar resigned a 12-month licensing and image rights. I believe I knew about that one, actually. 500000 plus 1000 per appearance, 500000 per pay-per-view, and $1.5 million per Saudi show. Per Saudi show? That expires in May 2020. Oh, my God. AJ Styles resigned for five years at $1.5 million a year for 150 dates in his first two years, 100 dates in the third year. That expires in 2024. It's not bad at all. No, not bad. Jesus. Braun Strowman resigned four years for $1.2 million a year, plus bonuses. Daniel Bryan resigned for three years for $1 million per year, plus bonuses. Only 120 days a year. Okay. That's not too bad. No, not bad at all. Becky Lynch re- renegotiated her five-year deal signed in July of 2018 from $500,000 per year to $1 million per year. Good for her. Very good for her. Is she the, she's the first woman to uh, hit a million, right? Or did Ronda Rousey get a... That I'm not too sure of. Like, it's, that's for, it's, you, know, you don't usually hear about women uh, making on par with men in, uh, in the wrestling world. Plus bonuses. So. Plus bonuses. That's phenomenal. Good for her. Very good for her. And great. that's great for the, the woman industry in general for wrestling. Giles and Anderson, who were rumored to leave a couple months ago, resigned a five-year deal for 700000 per year. Oh, wow. Oh, so they did resign. Five years. Look at this money they're throwing around. That's crazy. They have the money, dude. That's I mean, crazy. Good for them. They, everyone here deserves it. So, And but, everyone you mentioned, too. I mean, they're getting some good pushes, good storylines. Well, except for Braun Strowman, I guess. Yeah, Braun Strowman. Dolph Ziggler signed for one year for $900,000 per year. For one year. So he's yeah. getting paid nine hundred grand. Only for 120 dates. 500000 per Saudi show. That, if you do both shows, it's a million dollars right there. That's awesome. That's crazy. That's a good payday, man. You always hear these guys getting paid little to nothing, but now not the top tier guys. Jesus. Think how much we get paid in the indies. <laughs> well, you, I got nothing. Well, I'm Hollywood. I have a name. That's so. true. You got an agent. <laughs> have to give her a call. Well, you don't get paid for commentary, right? We'll talk later. <laughs> I get paid for this, man. What are you talking about? What? <laughs> we'll talk off there. Mark, your favorite subject we're going to talk about. So you're welcome. AEW is in the news. Bring it on. They're heading to Boston for the second show on October 9th. The third episode will take place on October 16th at Philadelphia. So it's taking locally in the tri-state area. Right? Yes. I've seen that. I'm wondering when, they can, when they're going to come to New York. That's what I was thinking. Because I'm all about that. They can sell out the Melrose Ballroom, right? Oh, dude, they totally would. NASA Coliseum. That's easily like, sell that out. That's too crazy. Let's start, let's start small with the Melrose Ballroom first, okay? <laughs> too crazy, NASA Coliseum. Tickets for the Boston show will go on sale Friday, August 16th at 12 noon via AW Tickets and Ticketmaster.com. Now, would you go to an AEW show? No. Really? I mean, here in the New York area? Yeah, if, uh, it, if it came to New York, yeah. If they were free. You're such a douche. Really? You wanna I got I to save money to go to that MSG for Raw and SmackDown. Oh, here we go. Do you not, forget, could, do you not remember on the mark here? I could probably get you discounts somehow, some way, actually. For MSG? Yeah. Okay, why are you just breaking this down? Because I'm probably not going to know. Like, I would have to ask... I'll talk to you off the air. But even I, I have SAG discounts as well. So, Oh, hey. Are we best friends? Why am I just learning yeah. this now? Well, what's, what's up, man? Let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, people are going to be hitting me up from the right. show. Like, hey, man, I heard you have a discount. I know somebody who tried to get tickets for the first AEW show. I won't mention names here on the show unless they want to talk about it themselves. But they called the wrong number for Ticketmaster. 
and they got scammed out of six hundred dollars. No way. That should be easy reversible on your bank credit card. That should be easy fix. But be careful of scammers out there. These guys are taking advantage. So make sure you got the right number. Make sure you have the right website. Oh, check the URL. Make sure it's HTTPS for secured. Right. But if it's a .NET, something's off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or .org especially. Just run. So there are scalpers out there. So make sure if you want these AEW tickets, they're a hot commodity right now. So make sure you pay attention to where your money's going. AEW has two more pay-per-views scheduled for 2019. And the current plan is to hold four more in 2020. So big AEW news. I like that, though. They, you know, they're not doing it every single month. You Go know. back to the original big four, yeah. Right. That makes sense. And then eventually maybe build up to once a month. Maybe. Remember maybe. WWE had sometimes would have two pay-per-views a month? Too much. Oh, my God. That was wild. That was way too much. That's when you had to pay, what, 60 bucks per show? But they, relatively, within like the last few years, they were doing that as well. It was just like, oh, come on, man. They've been scaling back. Yeah. Remember a couple years ago, I think three years ago, we, they did like 16 pay-per-views a year? Yeah. No, no, they, that's what it's I'm only, talking it's about. Only 12 months. Come right. On. Ridiculous. Like, make it mean something. Exactly, yeah. Make us want to watch it. Well, we're talking about AEW right now. No one else is talking about AEW? Who? Scott Hall. And what's Scott Hall saying? Saying I quote, I think AEW is basically competing with NXT. NXT is booming, and now the TV wants wrestling. Every network is copycat networking. People want more wrestling on TV. So it won't be long until NXT has a show. I predicted. You heard it here first. Well, NXT does have a show. Not on TV. Not on WWE Network, but... I, I mean, I... So the whole Fox deal, apparently, I mean, and the NXT show is like it is on the table for FS1, I think, right? That's the rumor, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you heard it here first, Scott Hall. I mean, yeah. I think he's a little bit behind on the ball on that one. He did say his opinion changed about pitting shows against each other. Now he thinks AEW going against NXT would be the best idea. Okay. He, the, don't, here's what we're talking about this because he made an interesting comparison mm-hmm. by saying whenever you see a McDonald's, chances are you'll see a Burger King or Wendy's right next to it. Yeah. So he said, I quote, if you believe in your product, put it against the best in the business. So interesting, interesting analogy comparing AEW to McDonald's. I mean, he's not really wrong here, though. No, he's, he's not wrong. I mean, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with friendly competition. And I know, like, you know, AEW is claiming they're not competing with WWE. You are. You are, whether you mean to or not. And it's not a bad thing. Just own up to it. Yes, but WWE is the big dog. As far as with wrestling, damn right. You know, and no one's questioning that. AEW is not questioning that. But you know, AEW they do have something special. They do have potential that we haven't seen from a wrestling promotion in a long time. You know, and if you believe in that, if you believe in your own hype, then you know what? Yeah, put it up against NXT. Put it up against maybe SmackDown. You know, who knows? Listen two months away, you'll find out. All right, exactly. Fall is going to be an interesting time in the wrestling world. Oh, it totally is. It's just a great time in wrestling in general. Looking forward to it. Speaking of wrestling, though, uh, Fight TV is in the news. I saw that. The executives over there are meeting with the WWE officials and possibly maybe they'll be buying Fight TV. But that, that was next. Fight TV is like, that's not happening. All right, then we'll move on then. Thanks for telling me now as well. I didn't know. You didn't, you didn't go over to run down with me. Look at Sable. Oh, look at Sable. Who turned, what, 50-something the other day? And my girl, Sonny. Who's this douche? He looks familiar. Ryan Chaddock, he's a wrestler. Is he? No, I'm joking. Oh, <laughs> I don't believe it because I don't know who you are. Oh, that was hot with Sonny. And say woman. Oh. Look at their hair. I'm not looking at their hair. So 90s. Oh, remember these little games they used to play? This guy's going to lose. 
Fuck this kid. Look at those shoes, too. See how, he's, see how Sonny's holding on to this guy? That was me a couple months ago. How she was holding me like that. Sonny. Did you get checked since or no? What? Did you get checked since she touched you? I mean. Yeah, that's why I'm sick. <laughs> Maybe that's why you're sick. <laughs> Don't disrespect something like that. Not in my house. Sonny. You're not, you're not, you're house, we're not in your house. You're my house. I'm the captain now. So let's talk about your favorite subject, AEW. Let's talk about my favorite subject. Okay. Sonny, we, we just talked about it. Let's move on. <laughs> this past June, XFL hosted summer showcase tryouts. <laughs> Fuck my life. <laughs> for former NFL, CFL, AAF, and college superstars. Well, now that process is complete. Ready to pump to get excited about this. XFL commissioner and CEO Oliver Locke. Announced the invitation will be sent out this week for players to be a part of the league's first draft. Yes, so my uh, a friend of mine, he was just telling me actually a guy he played ball with in college is, was actually invited to the draft. Really? Yeah. The draft will take place in October with each team's being drafted 70 players. Oh, can't wait. You gotta, they got to clear a background check, a medical examination, of course, yada, yada, yada. We'll get names like Hakeem Nix. Repo- Hakeem Nix? Hakeem Nix. How old is he? I had no clue. Colin Kaepernick still wants to play. I'm hoping send him an invite. Maybe. Oh, God. What's the guy named Brown? What, Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown's looking to lead the NFL, maybe become the XFL. You know? Yeah, so long as he gets his helmet, right? He'll wear any helmet he wants. Dude, that's in- I, I still can't believe that shit with Antonio Brown, but that's a football podcast. We're not doing that. Players so. will be signed to a one-year deal. One-year deal, huh? That's not, that's not too optimistic. I guess so. <laughs> they have high hopes. <laughs> At least they finish the season a little better than the AAF, right? Yeah. Fold in the middle of the season. <laughs> I was going to say, they're going to actually finish the season? So Sonny and, uh, Sonny and Sable are still on my TV, so let's uh, take my, a little break. It's my TV, but... Enjoy this segment. Look at Sonny. Oh. Come back to talk about some Raw and SmackDown. A Shot of Wrestling presents Cheers and Heels. Marcus, from your honeymoon cruise, did you watch Raw and SmackDown this week? I, I was able to watch some of it, yes. Any thoughts? Because I don't really have many. You know, I, I got to say, so this past month, I haven't been able to watch as much Raw and SmackDown as I wanted to, but the, the couple Raws that I've been watching, they I have better, to say, right? they've gotten a lot better. A lot better. SmackDown was always great, but Raw's definitely SmackDown's always been good. You know, especially I, I heard what is it? Vince McMahon ripped off the script what two hours before the show or something like that. Yes, and during the first hour of the live show, he was still writing the second hour. That's wild. He's only two times in like two or three weeks. He's done that. That's crazy. But well, that's because apparently Eric Bischoff hasn't completely uh, acclimated to yeah, his role yet. What's taking so long? I don't know. You've done this before. I mean, it's uh, like riding a bike, no? But I honestly, again, I have to go back to the last time I was on the show. I don't think he really has anything to do with creative, though. I, I think it's just for him to appease investors and whatnot. I, I think that's really what it is, and it, people just answer to him. I think that's wild because SmackDown was was very good. You know, you would never be able to tell unless it was, um, you know, if you didn't read the dirt sheets that, like, yeah, true. You know, Vince McMahon pretty much ripped up the show and was writing as he went. That makes no sense. Good job, though. Yeah. You know what he's doing. Still got it, I guess. No, absolutely. And I wonder what the old show was. Like, what was what was so bad about the old? Yeah, show? it makes you, it recall. makes you think, right? It definitely makes you think. And yeah, awesome job with uh, awesome call by Paul Heyman. Uh, apparently, last minute audible as well as far as um, the fatal four way uh, women's match for the tag team championships. 
Oh, that was You're good. Supposed to be in SummerSlam, but you gave him more time to main event and close out the show for Raw. Smart move. A smart move, yeah. And props at the beginning. You know, my big thing is teams being united, showing team unity. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross now dressing the same colors. Good job, because Nikki Cross always dresses like the blue or gray. Yeah, Nikki Nikki Cross probably like you know. I, I, I see what's going on here. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, she, present more of a team front, united front. I'm like, oh, yeah, she wants it, to be friends with Alexa, so she's dressing like Alexa. Why do you say it like that? She's not dressing like her. There's matching, well, matching colors. Right, exactly. Jeez, friends. I don't, what, what are you waiting for? Because we all know Alexa Bliss is going to turn on Nikki Cross. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Said that two months ago, and she's still doing it. So <laughs> maybe she turned over a new leaf. Have some respect for your current. I, I love Bliss. Alexa Bliss. You know, but you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with what she does. I mean, you good today doesn't necessarily mean you're good tomorrow. So if Nikki Cross, if she screws up, Alexa Bliss might be like, all right, moving on. Go over SmackDown. Uh, Talked about last week how it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. So I'm digging that angle that they're doing with this. I'm digging that angle. I like how they're doing it. I'm happy that they're not going with it at SummerSlam. They're going to let it play out a little bit longer. Yeah. So I feel like you do that at SummerSlam. It's, good. it's a little rushed, no? It's, yeah, it would be very much so. So I'm happy they're going to let it play out for a little bit longer. Apparently, I heard rumblings of a Roman Reigns versus Buddy Murphy match in SummerSlam. That's the rumor, yeah. That, that'd be great for Buddy Murphy, right? That'd be huge for Buddy Murphy. Great spot for him. Which makes sense. He was in the background. A lot of Eagle Eye people saw him in the background. Right. Killing Roman Reigns. So that makes sense. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that Looking match. Forward, see, how this, see how this plays out and how long it plays out. Right. Dude, so far, you know, not a crazy amount of matches for SummerSlam. You know, usually I feel like you see a big card like this is like overstacked. And a couple of matches that were rumored are now longer, no longer. Like yeah. Sami Zayn and Black not on the show anymore. And, and that's fine. I'm fine with that. We got a good showing from them. Yeah. On um, I forgot if they were on Raw or SmackDown, but you know what I'm talking about. Hope they don't stack the card. Maybe give matches a longer time instead of right. squeezing in 14 matches. Give us quality, not quantity. Amen. Yeah, and hopefully they follow suit with that with WrestleMania because God, man, it's way too fucking long. This is why you're pro wrestling. This is why I'm pro wrestling. Genius. Listen to me, Paul Heyman. Listen to me, Eric Bischoff, Kevin Dunn, Vince McMahon. Hell, Cody Rhodes. You can listen to the AEW. I am professional wrestling. And I'm going to probably get shot by someone soon. <laughs> like, every time we say stuff on the show, with our three and a half year history, it happens. So mm-hmm. we know someone listens to the show. Someone and is. We found out for a fact. I can't tell you how. We found out for a fact someone in the E listens to the show. Is this true? Yes. So I'm, I wonder if anybody over AW, how long is it going to take them to listen to the show? <laughs> Maybe I should be nicer to them. You should. Instead of being a dick. I'm not a dick. I'm just optimi- uh, pessimistic. Right. You're not optimistic, I'll tell you that. Not about anything. <laughs> That's true, nothing. Nothing at all. Maybe except for your Miami Dolphins, because you're still a fan. No, not even with them. <laughs> Listen, if you want another Florida team to cheer for, you should cheer for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They play in... Where they play? Jacksonville. A team plays in the city? Jacksonville? Yeah. Because well, the Jets don't play in New York. Anyway. I saw, so you saw I was about to make a... A burn with you with AEW and, and I see what you did. You, you countered me. Thanks. Yeah, well done. You're a dick. I'm not really countering. You're saying facts. Oh god. You have a head coach who sucks and no snoring bath salts before match before matches. We're, we're doing a wrestling podcast, but uh, listen, I can't defend him. I'm not a fan of Adam Gase, but anyway, yeah. So this is a, a wrestling podcast. Going took, back to the old night about football because football started. Man, we're back. Every weekend's gonna have football in it from now until when? Uh, April, May. XFL's coming right at the Super Bowl. It's going to be like, what, eight months of Which football? Only one of us will be watching. <laughs> You'll be watching it. I'm you're, not going to be watching. You're a football fan. You're going to watch it. You're going to check it out the first week. 
just because I'm a football fan doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to watch every single football that's out there, man. I want to watch good football. You don't know it's not going to be good. You just listed off some names there that's going to be drafted. Hakeem Nix hasn't played in a long-ass time, and that was like the number one name you let off with. Yeah, that was a big name. So if if uh, Bo Jackson decided he wanted to play in the XFL, that's 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 a huge name too. That's just being ridiculous. Uh, okay, that's just being ridiculous. okay. Yeah, I'm ridiculous. Hakeem Nix is in his thirties. <laughs> still go. He still go. Okay. So if, if Brett Favre wanted to come out of retirement, he's too old. He's not. <laughs> you're just, you're, now you're being a dick. Now you're being a jackass. These are names I'm throwing at you, I'm man. I'm let you do it because you're in your house. But <laughs> when you get back to the studio, uh, all gloves are off. I'm just rattling off names. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> Tom Brady was a nobody. The Patriots saw something and they drafted him. Look who he has become. Don't remind me. It only takes one person to get one shot and the XFL is going to be it. To build a league? <laughs> to build a whole league? To make, yeah, to make a name for yourself. Can't wait. Can't we'll, wait. We'll, we'll see. Didn't we, didn't we have this conversation? I'm going to be more optimistic about AEW. going to be more optimistic about XFL. No, we never agreed. I to, think we did. We never agreed. I'll play to the this. tape back. But you, you even, did. you haven't even followed suit with that. Like you, you I shit. On AED, you shit on AEW. Any I chance not, you get? Did I shit on them today? I never shit on them. I'm saying okay. I would never go to a show. No, yeah. I'd only go if it's free, man. I'm saving money to go. Yeah, to, we're gonna go to Madison Square Garden, man. Yeah, I'm saving money from MSG because MSG is an arm and a leg. It's like fifteen dollars for a beer there. Oh well, yeah. Like twenty bucks for a hot dog. I know, I'm, I'm not kidding. It's I know it's Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I know. Trust me, I've so been that's there. What I'm I gotta save money to go there. And if AEW comes to the Melrose Ballroom, I'll go for free. <laughs> well, things are gonna be up. twenty bucks. Come on. We know people at Melrose Ballroom. Is it VIP? Maybe they were for Bound for Glory last year. What were we rambling on about? I don't. I don't know. Just about you. Are we talking about Raw and SmackDown? Yeah, you being hater. Oh yeah, we're talking about Raw and SmackDown. I think we're done with that, right? I guess so. Anything yeah. Else, anything you want to talk about? They didn't feel like go home shows at SummerSlam. They felt like regular episodes to me. No, yeah, it, it didn't necessarily feel like a go home episode at all. Nothing happened. I mean, like there were, there were a couple of moments there. I mean, like you know Brock Lesnar doing his thing with Seth Rollins. Although I have to say, Seth Rollins promo, I, I didn't feel it. Okay, neither did I. What the fuck are you talking about? You just got first of all, you came down looking like an asshole. You can barely walk. Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to do here? I, I I don't know where they're going with this. Someone someone brought up a point. It was like, is um that they think that Brock Lesnar uh, is going to sh- remain the champion until Roman Reigns gets his shot again. Oh, no, well, Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar has to hold it for a while. Yeah, I, I don't see Seth Rollins winning it back. No, he has to hold it for a while. Maybe the Royal Rumble. Let's see what happens. Maybe. Now, no. Who beats him? Roman Reigns. I don't think Roman Reigns. I think it's too early for that. You want to turn on it? People are still cheering him. People still like him. I don't want to. You don't want to turn on him just yet. Give it a little more time. You don't think by Royal Rumble, you don't think that would change? No. They might turn Samoa with Joe face. How about Samoa with Joe? Brock Lesnar. They might. I don't know. Samoa Joe, I just don't get a face vibe from him. I know, he, can, I. I know he can do it. He I has think, done it. Has he done it? I've never seen him as a face, so I don't know. I just, you know, he's just, I, I don't know. We'll find out, maybe. Hopefully not, because he's much, one of those guys like Randy Orton better as a heel. Who would you say, that? Who, who could you see, besides Roman Reigns, beating Brock Lesnar right now? Because the way they're building Seth Rollins, it's like going to be impossible for him to oh. beat him. Braun Strowman. Well, they'll pull, pull the trigger on that guy for a couple months. Then Roman Reigns will beat him. I would love to see Drew McIntyre face Brock Lesnar. Drew McIntyre, your guy. You won the watch in 2019. I know, man. I'm, I'm waiting for him to come out. How do you feel he's doing? He's always, he hasn't really done much, but he's there on TV every week. I had another conversation about this with someone. Carson Niehoff? No, not Carson, actually. So here's the thing with Drew McIntyre, the way he's booking. So people think that he's... He's getting the Braun Strowman effect. He's just kind of fading out. 
I don't necessarily see that per se. It's not his fault. They didn't give him anything. Like, yeah, so he was a like Shane McMahon's guy for a bit there. Now he just lost to Cedric Alexander. People make a big stink about that. I was like, oh, he lost all, all sort of push, whatever, blah, blah, blah. No. The way Cedric Alexander beat Joe McIntyre doesn't hurt Drew mm-hmm. McIntyre at all. Nope. Like, that was, that was, that was fine. That actually reminded me back when, when uh, Kofi and Orton had their original feud from back in the day. Orton oh. was... Nine years ago. Yeah. Orton was a, a, a monster, pretty much. He was on fire. Kofi Kingston kind of had Cedric Alexander level. And um, That's fair. and Kofi beat Randy Orton. Yeah, did it hurt Randy Orton at all? Clearly not. Clearly not. So I, I don't necessarily see what the big deal is about Cedric Alexander beating Drew McIntyre in the way that he did it. Do people have a problem with the way he did it? Some people do. Yeah, lame. It, it is lame. Like it's not all about the wins and losses. It's a matter of how you win and lose. Yeah, exactly. It's telling a story. So Drew McIntyre, so, something big has to happen with him. I mean, the guy is too damn good. He's got a great look. Well, the Rock today might be the next big thing. Those are big words coming from The Rock. He is the next big thing. I, I, there's no other dude. Is he pro wrestling? Is He is pro wrestling. <laughs> He's Schwann approved. But like, I don't see uh, another male competitor on that roster. I also see, don't see Drew McIntyre as a face. And Brock Lesnar as a heel. Drew McIntyre, was he ever a face? Yeah, with 3MB. Three, no, the, the good they, old days. They weren't faces, though. Everyone loved 3MB. <laughs> Did they? Were, they? they were a three-man man, baby. Was he facing uh, NXT, Drew McIntyre? I forget. I don't think so. No? Listen, a, a good I mean, a good wrestler can do either or. I mean, look at The Miz. I mean, no one ever thought he could be a good face, and he's doing a very good job right now. Took him a couple times, but yeah, he was getting there. Yeah, this is his second run, I think, yeah, as a face. I think like third or fourth. No. Which one failed miserably? But no, the f- the first one was like it was like around with like Del Rio, I think, around that time. Ah, I remember when Del Rio they, they tried it a couple teams. times. Yeah, but whatever. No, this time it's really carrying on. Well, the Miz, the Miz, he's been on fire within these last few years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's definitely elevated his game. And Drew McIntyre, he's someone that loves a challenge. I mean, look what happened. I mean, the dude was fired from WWE, mm-hmm. went on to the Indies, created a name for himself again reinvented himself, came back, and is kicking ass. Yeah. So for him to make a, t- a face turn and to have a good run with it, I, I don't see why not. I don't see it happening. Not, like, overnight. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. You ready for BCW's 25 and Counting show coming up? Hell yeah, man. We'll be covering live next weekend from the Bronx, New York. First round of the tag team tournament starts. We got the rep going against the East Coast Syndicate. Big match. Bear County going against PCA. The King of the Monsters, Billy Brash, comes back to go against Dan Moff. Sebastian Cage going against TJ Marconi. A man who should be pissed off right now. I do not want to be Sebastian Cage. Gabriel Sky, Vinny Pacifico, and the ace that runs the place. Current BWF Tag Team Champion, Ace Andrews. Chris Dickerson going against Yaya for the first time ever. And of course, in your main event, Darius Carter defends the championship against Eric Jaden. There you go. The main event. Not the mid-card, as Darius Carter would like to call Eric Jaden. Mr. Intermission. Mr. Ma- match Mr. Three. Inter- yeah, that's what we call Mr. Intermission, right? Match three. Nope, not today, not on Friday, not August 16th, not anytime soon. From this point on, Eric Jaden is the main event. Eric Jaden is the go-to guy. Eric Jaden brings asses to the seats. He is going to be the next BCW World Heavyweight Champion. He is going to be Eric Jaden. Mr. Two Belts. Now, let me turn the microphones off for a second. Just me and you here. Ready? Okay. 
Are you guys going to beat up Darius Carter before the match starts like I did with TJ Marconi? And so Eric Jaden can just steal this match too? I'm not going to tell you. That's a yes. Disgrace. Eric Jaden doesn't... Listen. Doesn't need you guys to beat up his fights, but he does. Also, after the... Uh, uh, after uh, let's, UF, let's go back to what happened against Joe Gacy last time at BCW. Yeah. Now you, now you can't even hit, hit him in the head with the bat? No. no well, yeah. what happened there was... Gacy's a klutz and hit himself with the bat, but whatever. Jesus, I would love to be you for a day. It, it's phenomenal. Yeah. You should try it one day. <laughs> That's all fantasy land. <laughs> well, listen, Dominic De Niro and Chris Barton, they acted in their own that day. You know, when, when they came out, Eric Jaden said he was going to handle it himself. Yeah, so why did Nia Kenny take it upon herself to hit him in the head with a bat? Nia Kenny didn't do that. Uh, we watched the video on Fight TV. Well... Listen, you have your own interpretation of what happened. I'm just telling you from Reality, yeah. I'm just telling you from our perspective what the case was. And what we saw was Joe Gacy, for whatever reason, tried to hit himself with a bat. Why would he do that? I, I don't know. Maybe pump himself up? <laughs> I have no idea. Why is Antonio Brown quitting football over a helmet? I have no idea. There's, there's just things in life you can't explain. Just give you a heads up. Talk to Eric Jaden after BWF, by the way. Mm-hmm. Might want to go to the gym next couple of weeks. Do some bicep curls. Lift some iron because apparently he told me. The BWF championship belt is very heavy. Oh, yeah? Heavier than the LAW belt. Was. It is heavier. Okay, good. So you got to get to carry a little extra weight around. Listen, I, I, I'm carrying a little extra weight right now from the honeymoon. Yeah, I, tried, so. I forgot about that. Don't be a douche. Oh, why should I start now? <laughs> Any go-home thoughts for you, my friend? Welcome back. Thank you. Big week, actually, with me coming back. Uh, the movie Otherhood came out on Netflix, a movie that I am in, actually. Really? I uh, had a nice little dance scene with Angela Bassett. Look at you, son of a bitch. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, she's a lovely lady, uh, legend. Um, so yeah, be on the lookout for that if you haven't seen it. It's on Netflix right now. Go ahead and watch. Like, do you have more than one part of that one scene? Oh no, it's just that one scene. Okay, yeah, but still, still, still cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm not Angela Bassett. I'm not. I wouldn't be here right now if I was her level. But you were grinding up on her though. I'm grinding up on her, man. Yeah, that's cool. Like a bitch. I'm going places, buddy. I'm going places. Yeah, started out with Unforgettable. Now you're in a Netflix movie. Like, check you out. My little boy's growing up. I've done other things, too. <laughs> like, look me up on IMDb, bro. It's a humble brag. You just dropped a name on the floor. <laughs> it's so smug. So go to, or just go to my website, yourfavoriteactor.com. Speaking of smugness. <laughs> What's your website, putty? I love com. <laughs> <laughs> you can have that one. <laughs> I'm sure it's available. <laughs> it is. I'm sure it is. <laughs> right, so for, uh, that's the show. Ready? You got any rust? Just like riding a bike, right? I feel a little rusty today. You know, come back a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm going. To, I'm going to come back every week, man. Remember, I'm off the last two weeks of August, so I don't know if you want to take those two weeks off. Maybe do the show. You and Carson Niehoff. I'm down. West Isop taking over. I'm down as so long as he's down. West Isop takeover part deux. Oh, jeez, big mistake. <laughs> You're gonna have to try to get your show back. I mean, it is my show, so it should be easy. <laughs> I'll just change the passwords and you want to do Oh, damn. There you go. There goes that. <laughs> Sorry, Carson. I tried. That's it. Let's go downstairs to your bar. Get some drinks. Damn right. Do they have karaoke tonight? I don't remember. I don't actually, that's a good question. I don't know. Let's find out. We'll find out. So for Mark Schwann, welcome back. With your golden tan. For new AEW official Bryce Remsburg, I've been your host at Mug Party. Until next week, from BCW's 25 and Counting, Putty Yo. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, I need to announce it's last call at the bar. Oh. All right, everybody, we have made it. 
to the end of the episode, and we're still here with Bryce Remsberg. You know, referees are supposed to be impartial, but today, we're going to put you on the spot, Bryce. Today, we want you not to be impartial. We want you to pick sides in a little game we like to call this or that. Are you ready? Bring it on. (laughs) And away we go. iPhone or Android? iPhone, all the way. Coke or Pepsi? Coke, definitely. Marvel or DC Comics? Ooh, I am out of, I'm on the deep end on this one. Let's say DC Comics. Heroes or villains? Mm, Villains are more fun, I think. Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels? Ooh, Bret Hart all the way. Xbox or PlayStation? Ooh, uh, let's say PlayStation from my No Mercy days. Oh, yeah, buddy. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) Liv Morgan or Penelope Ford? Penelope Ford, for sure. Attitude era or today's era? Uh, today's era, let's say. I have a three-year-old son. Raw or SmackDown? Mm, SmackDown. Twitter or Instagram? Twitter, for sure. And finally, WWE or AEW? AEW. Thank you, Bryce, for joining us. I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot more of you in the very near future. I look forward to it. Thanks for having me. Hey baby, I hear the bell ringing, hip tosses and body slams. Oh my. And maybe you seem a bit confused, yeah baby, but I got you pinned. Ha 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 But I don't know what to do when I see them with that golden case. They're cashing it in. Authority all in my face. What is a man to do? Good night everybody. <laughs>